I think that's going to be my intro, my like cold open for this episode. Now is going to be that. <laughs> I know what the bitty bitty bitty. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Michael, but nobody cares about that. With me also <laughs> is my is a very special guest, Alex Cornette oh. from Monsters vs. Men. Yep, I am special. That's what my mom always told me, at least. Yeah, but we'll see when she can never mind. I was yes. just... No, it's exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> it's like when she said it, she didn't really mean special. Mm. She meant something different. Mm. Uh-huh. Oh, you're so special. Yeah, very special. <laughs> Bless your heart. You're so mm. special. Yes. <laughs> How are you doing, Michael? <laughs> I feel really friggin' cheated right now. <laughs> is it I because i just stole your spot y- yeah. yeah yeah you're our guest michael thank you for joining us yeah thank you for joining us michael well now, if you'll a- sit quietly while me and alex go through our main episode and then we'll bring you in whenever we need you <laughs> all right that's fair i'll go into the bar and uh get myself some red drink and i'll be back in just a few minutes and just chime in wherever i feel appropriate so there we go there you go. No, no, we need you because we have a very, very special thing at the end of this episode that me and you are going to be in uh, doing, and we're going to be involving Alex. Uh, we're bringing back Kaiju Clash. Ooh. And we've got an epic showdown for this week. It is, it is one to be written in the history books. I'm already writing. <laughs> but before we get into that and before we get into our main topic, we have just a few bit of news that we're going to cover. Cue the beady beady. Cue the beady beady. Oh. All right. So our first bit of news that we're going to talk about is um, some speculation, rumor news. I don't know what to call this, but the website Illuminerdy. Uh, is reporting that they have the cast list for the upcoming season of Power Rangers, Power Rangers Dino Fury. Uh, So Hasbro hasn't actually made any official announcements yet as of the time of recording uh, on who will be playing any of the Rangers in the upcoming season. But according to this website, Illuminerdy, they say they have a source that has confirmed that Russell Curry, Hunter Dino, or Dano, uh, Kai Moya, Alexandria Nunez and Chance Perez or Perez uh, will be playing the Dino Fury Rangers. Oh, none of no. those names mean anything to me. Is, I know. Is the is Di- I thought Dino Fury already happened. Is there another Fury season like Jungle Fury or jungle something? Fury. Yes, Jungle Fury. Uh, We've had Dino Thunder, Dino uh, Charge, and Jungle Fury. So yeah, it's all there. There's only so many words you can pair together yeah. to make a Power Ranger series, so. especially when you only use three words. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the some of these uh these actors a lot of these ones are actors who have been in tv and done little small things so they're not you know they're not gonna you're never gonna get a big name we're not gonna get like liam hemsworth or something in power rangers i, um, <laughs> I like that you went big name in your choice was liam was, hemsworth. well it's better than going with um what's the other hemsworth brother that nobody remembered chris hemsworth chris yeah, no not He's chris four. the other one <laughs> i'm talking about age range come oh, okay. on liam liam's not but uh, no I, what's the other what's the other the one uh, for westworld oh chuck hemsworth chuck hemsworth i was thinking chad hemsworth uh, I, I don't know what it is <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know either that's why i was gonna say chad i don't know i don't know what his name is now um but yeah the the ugly um hemsworth brother <laughs> is what he's known as he looks like a regular guy just like a regular guy oh which, man we, we're all uh, ugly then <laughs> which is yeah which is like is fine like like he's a regular guy that's awesome but when you compare him to his brothers mm. that's why he's the ugly hemsworth yeah they're dreamy yeah. um now there's two things uh going back to the cast of of um power rangers there's two reasons why this is kind of an interesting if this cast list is correct and we don't know for sure i want to emphasize that we don't know for sure one of the reasons why this is interesting is because that would it would make the Green Ranger from this season uh, a female actress, uh, an actress, hmm. a, a female actor. Um, hmm. That's cool. Which is interesting because the Super Sentai series, which is uh, Kishiru Sentai Ryu Soldier, yeah. uh, the Green Ranger in that series uh, was actually played by a, a mm. male actor. Right. So this is going back to classic Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, because if anybody knows the history behind that, the uh, the Super Sentai series that that was based on, the Yellow Ranger was actually played by a man. And then in the American version in Power Rangers, it was played by oh. a woman. So this is going, you know, this is, this is kind of an interesting, you know, that would be interesting, but it also means that we would have for the first time a Muslim actress playing one of the Rangers too, hmm. um, which they, we've never had that before. So uh, the, there's just, there's a lot of interesting things that comes with this cast. Also the, just the diversity in general, because this is a very diverse cast. So I just want to ask you guys, I know you, you probably, I don't know if you guys looked up these people. I don't even know if you know who these are, but would it make a difference to you um, if we, it, it, knowing who the cast is ahead of time, um, knowing that the Green Ranger might be played by a woman um, in this season, whereas the original actor was a man, does any of that stuff matter to you? And what are your opinions on this? I think Travis is trying to bait us, Alex. Mm, yes, I yes. Like... I want you to say something that you will get canceled for, so I can just start fresh, start new. <laughs> uh, Alex, you go first, and then I'll follow up. Uh, well, as someone who hasn't really watched any Rangers, I I've never seen Super Sentai, but as someone who hasn't seen Power Rangers since the original series, I don't really have an investment. Like this isn't like a Doctor Who like investment and in the character where I know all the lore and all that kind of stuff. Where maybe I, it would affect my feelings. But 
as far as like what you've told me so far, I think it's pretty great. I mean, inclusivity is a great thing, and this doesn't look like it's pandering at all. This is as Power Rangers is known for having a diverse cast from right. the very first series. So I think it's great. I don't see any reason why any of the any color ranger, uh, green or blue or any of them should be limited to uh, male, female, or whatever color they are. So I think it's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm sorry, Michael. But I, I will let you say. I do want to say one thing though that just popped into my head though. The the one thing about the uh, and I completely yeah you're completely right. I that's kind of the point I was trying to make there is that it doesn't matter about this you know, the actress playing the part. But uh, or the diversity because they've always been a diverse cast. Um, the one thing that separates this from the Yellow Ranger that I mentioned from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is that the the body type that the male actor and I forget her name, but the one who played Trini, um, they weren't too far off, so you couldn't really tell. Most people don't even know that that the male. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, that he was the, the in the fight scenes when you see the Yellow Ranger fighting. That's a man in that suit because that the the act the character is a man in Japanese version. Um, but in this, I was looking at the the cast the the cast list, what they look like, and was also looking at the Super Sentai series. And the body type here is way different. Like the actor who plays the green ranger in in super sentai is broad shouldered oh muscular a lot you know more whereas the actress who they are thinking is going to play the green ranger is very dainty kind of very small so I, yeah that's the only thing that gets me now michael um i interrupted you so what what are your thoughts on all this and how do you feel about this I mean, I honestly don't, I honestly don't care either way because, like we've already talked about, you know, Power Rangers has always has always had a div, I div, ah, getting tongue tied. Words are hard. Uh, they've always had a very diverse cast, even from episode one. Um, but I think I, I really think it's important what you said, Travis, what you pointed out, where the body types, when they're noticeably different like that, it does sort of take you out of what you're watching a little bit because it is so noticeably different. Um, what was it? Uh, 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 it's the C it was the Sentai that got adapted to season three, which with the, uh, Thunder Zords, um, with, uh, Die Ranger. Yeah. With Aisha, huh. Aisha, uh -huh. Uh, the yellow ranger that played uh, in super sentai and Aisha who ended up being the yellow ranger in that season has a very, has a very different body type as well. And so there was certain scenes uh, at least in the sentai footage that you, it does take you out of it a little bit because the body type is so different. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, through the magic of editing, it won't be a huge deal. Now you want to yeah. talk about different body types. Let's talk about the fact that there was a 10 year old kid who was playing the blue Ranger in turbo. Ah, that's, that's plot armor. I don't pay attention to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and actually in, in, um, die Ranger, the one that was adapted to season three of my Morphin power Rangers, the white Ranger is a 10 year old kid. Um, See, I knew, so, I knew that. Yeah. <clears throat> That. Yeah, so if you're watching Power Rangers and you see the White Ranger that everyone loves so much, um, remember that in Jap in the Japanese version, that's supposed to be a ten year old kid. <laughs> wow, so that's so weird. 
Yeah, it did. Oh man, Super Sentai is so weird. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, now, I guess the big question is when this comes on, because we know we know Power Rangers Dino Fury is coming in 2021. Will you guys watch it? By the end, probably, because I'm already up to Zio. What I tell you? Yeah, I'm up to Zio now. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to watch. I'm going to make myself watch past where I left off and say like 1999 with uh, Lost Galaxy. So I'm going to try to watch all the way through. And so hopefully by the time this one comes out, I'll be all caught up. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot because uh, hmm. I am more nostalgic for and nostalgia does play a huge role in my love for Power Rangers. I'm I enjoy my Power Rangers more than I do Super Sentai because Super Sentai is just very different and very weird. Yeah, uh, yeah, we know how much you hate Super Sentai. That's that is well established on the podcast. <laughs> well, I just want to reiterate, I don't care for Super Sentai. Oh. No. It's it's okay. Now I I want to say this for listeners before you get your pitchforks out and everything. Michael doesn't like the Sentais that that have been adapted into Power Rangers because he has been a huge Power Rangers fan for so long that it's weird to him to see the characters, the monsters, all of that kind of stuff in a different setting and with and and being told in a different way. So it just yeah, I, I get why well, we've talked about. It. I get why you feel that way. Um, to me, that's kind of why I like it because it is so different. It's not just like when they did Power Rangers, it's not a shot for shot with just American actors. It is completely different <laughs> from the Japanese version. Now, Alex, you have a daughter. Do you yes. think that, which I mean, your daughter's kind of young, but do you think that when this show comes on that you might watch it or you might, your daughter might be interested in it? It's a, I mean, she would be interested for sure because. She, we're currently watching Transformers Rescue Bots, and recently they turned into dinosaurs. And she was, after being terrified for a brief moment, she was thrilled. Uh, oh, wow. So, say, <laughs> uh, so that, I think she that is be, the correct <laughs> response to seeing dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> but she's, uh, she's all on board with, like, whenever I show her Ultraman, she's really into it. So, I think she would really like this. This would have a lot of, as she would call them, superheroes. And then they get into dinosaurs and they fight a monster. She'd be all about it. So there's a good chance I would watch it actually with her. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, and I will say this before we move on the later. I know what I know about the later series in power Rangers. They are a, a lot more kid friendly than some of the earlier stuff because the earlier stuff is a little, is a little bit dark for a little bit too dark, even for younger kids. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was always kind of. No, no, because the Green Ranger story, the evil Green Ranger story arc is really dark. And uh, when you and even in season um, season two, when Lord Zed shows up, that character is very dark. And they even had to change his character because parents complained because their kids were terrified. Of him. Right. Yeah, he was. Very sad. And that see, that's the thing. We were talking about the difference between Super Sentai and Power Rangers. Um, which is probably another reason why Michael, you don't like the show so much is because Lord Zed did not exist in the super Sentai version. He was my favorite villain. Yeah. Yeah. And he was completely created for the power Rangers. And so was Zordon. And so was alpha five, all of that. There's no Zordon in, in the, um, in the, in the super Sentai. Yeah. It's a little monkey man, right? 
Yeah, it, well, it's like a... I mean, he's still kind of like a space wizard, but he's not Zordon. He's not trapped in the tube and all that kind of stuff. So, okay. yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's weird. <laughs> Japanese things are weird. <laughs> mm. Um. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm just like you guys. I'm not caught up on, you know, current Power Rangers. I did lose track of the series a while back and so i i haven't watched it um but since they are so self-contained and they're not really tied to each other uh i'm probably gonna watch this even though i haven't watched like beast morphers which is the one right before it or anything like that um i i am interested in watching this so um yeah so we'll see we'll see yeah. if the rumors about this cast list are true or not so, moving on to the next bit of news, we have a new trailer for Dune. Now, Dune is a sci-fi fantasy movie, but it has giant worms in it. Come on. Mm. So, giant worms, Karas Kaiju, it gives me an excuse to talk about Dune. There's a new trailer. Let's talk about it. Um, what did you guys think? It looks go. awesome. Yeah, go ahead. That, that, that's about my reaction because I have no ties to any any Dune version, whether it's the books or the previous movie. I haven't seen them or read them. So I see this trailer. It looks awesome. I love Dennis Vill Villanueva, the director for this. I've, I think I've liked all of his movies that he's made. So I'm on board. This thing looks awesome. I love hard sci-fi, so I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah, I love hard sci-fi too. Like I prefer Star Trek over Star Wars because of the hard sci-fi element to that. And this looks right up my alley. I remember watching the original Dune movie from like the from the 80s. And I I I want to I want to find a copy of it somewhere so I can rewatch it and then compare it to what's coming out because I do plan on watching Dune when it comes to theaters. Um yeah, it, it looks super interesting. I I hope that uh, well, let me back up. I hope that it, I hope that it does the books justice because I've heard the books are super good and I, I want to, I want to start reading them because I've heard so many good things about them. But to me, the, the best part of that trailer is the re uh, the remixing of the uh, dark side of the moon soundtrack with uh brain damage and eclipse from. Uh, is Pink that Floyd. what that was? It okay. was. Yeah. 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 Which which was kind of interesting that this is kind of this is a the reason I say this is sci-fi fantasy because this this to me feels more like a Star Wars than a Star Trek even though I I'm like Michael I like Star Trek more but it because there is kind of this mythic side to Dune there's kind of a, a more yeah. like mythical legends and stuff kind of side so there is a little bit more Star Wars elements to it um, I've heard. I've heard uh -huh. Dune. I've heard Dune compared to um, uh, Shakespeare, not Shakespeare. Uh, Macbeth. Macbeth. I've heard. Well, I've yeah, heard Shakespeare. I well, yeah. I've heard <laughs> that. I've heard that comparison made to Dune before. I don't know how accurate it is because I have not seen it in so long. Um, because right yeah, for, now, I, just I lost the time. Yeah, I watched the movie back in, well, not in the 80s, but the one from the 80s. Um, I watched it. Now, I don't remember anything about it. Um, yeah. Dune has always kind of been my blind spot when it comes to sci-fi. I love a lot of sci-fi stuff, but I'm just, not, like, Dune has been that one that I'm just not very um, knowledgeable about. Yeah. But 
the trailer, like you guys said, looks amazing. The mm-hmm. giant worms, of course, look amazing. Um, yeah. And I, I just didn't. Dennis Villeneuve, or however you say his name, um, is <laughs> uh, quickly becoming one of my favorite directors. Yes. I just love everything that he's doing. And it is just, I, I cannot wait to see it just because I know, even if I'm not familiar with the material as the source material, I know he's going to do an excellent job. Yeah. I mean, he made the first good Blade Runner movie. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. I like Blade Runner. <laughs> I like Blade Runner. Um, I really like Blade Runner 2049 though. He did. He did an excellent job with that movie. Yeah, he did. So, um, is there anything else we want to say about Dune, uh, and or and or Denis Villeneuve, the director? Uh, 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 I no. think I'm Dune. <laughs> I like the dead silence. Thank you. <laughs> I was. T- Never mind, forget it. Uh, we are doomed with this with this, this topic. This, this whole the, no, this whole recording is doomed at this point. Um, anyway, oh, <laughs> it looks awesome. I really enjoyed the trailer. I'll probably go watch it in theaters if the if if my theater decides to not be stupid and open back up here locally. Then yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, the cast is really great too. I didn't even talk about the cast. I mean, you've got uh, oh, Zendaya yeah, yeah. and all them, uh, Jason Momoa and all that good stuff. Yeah, and um, uh, was it Oscar Isaac's or was it Jack Johnson? Because the two of them look so similar, I can never <laughs> tell the two of them apart. I think it was one Oscar. of those two. I think it was Oscar Isaac's. Okay, yeah, Oscar yeah. Isaac. Okay, yeah, okay. I can never tell. You know, you know who Jack Johnson is, right? The the, the singer. Uh, no, no, not Jack. Oh. Is it? Uh, what is the guy's name from? Jake um, John- you're you're saying Jake Johnson? Jake? Am I saying Jake? Oh, oh Jake Johnson. Yeah, yeah Jack okay. Johnson well, is a singer. He's an acoustic Jake guitar. Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Yeah, the guy from New Girl. Yes, Jake Johnson. Okay, Jake Johnson. <laughs> Um, he he does look a lot like Oscar Isaac, especially when he grows the beard out. He really does look kind of like Oscar Isaac, so I always get him and Oscar Isaac confused. Yeah, I can see it. So, we've got one more news item, listeners. Guys, let's talk about boobs. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> Alex is so confused. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Alex. (laughs) Alex, okay, okay. Since since I can since since I'm not laughing hysterically. um, Do you remember the the trailer I I texted you earlier today? The 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 Kong versus Godzilla commercial. Oh yes, that was uh something. (laughs) It was it was it was. It was the best. I mean, best thing I've seen all day. <laughs> I will say, I was impressed with how well animated Godzilla and King Kong were. Oh, I was really impressed by that too, man. It's like they really I were. I didn't know what to think about it until I think it was Henry that shared that with me, and I saw it <laughs> earlier this morning, and I died laughing when I when I first watched it. Uh, and apparently, what is it? It's a it's a commercial for uh, Beans Beans. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a Pinto Beans uh, brand. 
and the whole premise is you've got Kong. The, the it opens up with Kong with uh, a blonde in his hand. That's yeah, and he's fighting. You couldn't Godzilla. even tell she was blonde because the camera focused oh not on her hair, right? <laughs> uh, and he's fighting Godzilla. Which Alex, you're right. They look. They both look surprisingly really good. It's it, you've got it is basically Peter Jackson's Kong versus um just a really it, 2014. It's a it's it's MonsterVerse. It's kind of, but it's like a little more dinosaur-y almost, but it looks good. It yeah. does look good. Yeah. I, I would be it. satisfied if that was the legendary Godzilla. I think I would too, actually. 2020. Yeah. Um, so, we are yeah. So, look, listen, listen, Warner Brothers, legendary, all of you guys, we are so desperate for <laughs> anything Godzilla versus Kong related. <laughs> That we are talking about a bean commercial <laughs> with a fart joke, with a fart joke <laughs> and gratuitous boob shots. <laughs> oh man! So. It's uh, we, something to behold. <laughs> it's something to behold. Um, anyway, uh, we need that Godzilla vs. Kong trailer to come out. Okay. All right. Let's move on. We desperately do. We desperately yeah. And for anyone who has not seen this masterpiece, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We got to put a link in the show notes for that. Oh, God. Something. So. <laughs> Uh, moving on to our main topic this week, uh, we asked the trivia question last week. What animated show based on a manga serves as a pseudo-sequel to the Ultraman series in 1966? And we had a bunch of answers, so I'm going to run through some of the answers that we got. Most of them were funny answers, and only one of them was actually the real answer. <laughs> um <laughs> So first one we had was from Jimmy from NASA. He said Super Ultraman, which he said was supposed to sound like Super Mega Force, which is the Power Rangers, but it doesn't really sound like a parody. It just sounds like an Ultraman series. So Super Ultraman. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Giant Monster BS guys said Monsters University. Which, uh, Alex, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we have an ongoing... I don't know if it's a running joke or some kind of cyber feud or maybe cyber mm. bullying. I might, I might classify oh. as cyber bullying. Let's back up. We're not going to classify it as cyber bullying. We're going to call, <laughs> we're going to call it a, uh, we're going to call it a running gag. <laughs> a running gag between <laughs> the giant monster BS guys, because I made the comment that I felt like they had been sending us monsters Inc as an answer to our trivia questions for multiple weeks in a row. And so now they're just doing Mm -hmm. it all the time in more creative ways. But I stole their thunder this week because I actually said, commented on my own post and said uh, that the answer to the trivia question was uh, Monstazu Inku, which is the uh, Japanese uh, version of Monsters, Inc., and then they came back with Monsters University. So, touche. 
you guys. <laughs> uh, Elijah said monsters versus aliens. <laughs> Which is not a bad movie. Wait. It, it, yeah. 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 That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's the one. That's the, it's a, um, um, the one with the giant um, moth thing. Yes. And yeah. Um, uh, Kaiju Apostle David over at the Kaiju Apostle podcast said definitely Sailor Moon. Mm, of course mm, he did. Yep, of course, yeah. Definitely. We know we know David loves his Sailor Moon. Um he's a huge Sailor Moon stan. Yeah. He's, he's a sailor he's a sailor scout. He wears that outfit all the time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so he's uh, I was trying to think of what planet he should be, but I can't think of one fast enough. Uranus. Uh, <laughs> David, you're now Sailor Uranus. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Danny uh, Demana from the Godzilla Novelization Project answered, what is Attack on Titan? Mm. And Danny, I will retort with Attack on Titan is a series that we will never cover on this podcast. Oh, boo. Partly because I don't like it and partly because it is extremely boo. violent. That's that's why you should cover it. Yeah. Oh man. Um. And also partly because Michael really hates anime. Oh well. I don't hate My, anime. Michael. I want to. I'm going to guide you on a journey. Uh-huh. Uh. It'll it'll bring you into enlightenment. Mm-hmm. I'll start yeah, you I off bet. easy. <laughs> I yeah, bet. We'll start you off with Death Note, and then we'll move on to Attack on Titan, and then you See? know just the, the easy stuff to kind of ease you into anime. Mm-hmm. None of those words mean anything to me except for Dragon Ball Z. That's all I know. <laughs> None of those words except for the words that we didn't even mention. <laughs> now we're, gonna, we're we'll start you off with um, Full Metal Alchemist uh, Brotherhood. Oh, that and, sounds uh, like fun. Sounds like a war movie. Yeah, it, it kind of is. Um, it is kind of in a way. Um, anyway, Nathan, uh, who is just like me, a huge comic book nerd, gave us Ultraman Crisis on Two Earths, hmm. which is okay. a reference to the fact that Ultraman is actually the uh, evil Superman from the alternate Earth. Uh, Earth three, I think, is the one that he comes from. But he's he's from the evil the, from the evil Justice League. Mm-hmm. Bad Superman. How many yeah, times are we going to see Bad Superman? Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, Ultraman was the original Bad Superman. Yeah, he, he was the original evil Superman. Okay. Um, uh, Ammonite Kisser on Twitter said Giant Robo. Oh. Which uh, predates predates Ultraman by a lot, actually. Giant Robo, I think, was in the late 50s was when it started. So um, yeah. good guess. Good guess, but not correct. Uh, Chris Worms. Is that how you say his name? Yes. Yes. Okay, Worms. <laughs> I've never said his name out loud. Um, uh, said Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. Yeah. If he had said the sequel, if that was the sequel to Ultra 7, I think it would have been a reasonable assumption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Chris Deagle, 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 I don't know how to say that last name, uh, said Big Guy and Rusty, a throwback to a classic, classic, well, I say classic, but I mean, it was like the, what, mid to late 90s, uh, 
animated car, you know, animated show was so good. Right. So good. Have you guys, did you, have you guys ever seen big guy and rusty? No, I've never even it heard of is, it. It is like, it's mech and, um, and kind of Astro boy, but with the Godzilla 98 cartoon animation style. So like that really kind of grimy, very ugly looking art style. <laughs> and it's just, it's so, it's so good. It's based on a, it's based on a comic book. I think it's an image comic book. Um, but it was, it was a really fun series. Uh, and then speaking of fun series, it's a throwback. Uh, w Lomax answered with uh, Kiniku. Is it Kiniku Man? I think mm-hmm. is how you say it in Japanese. Kinikuman. Yeah. Um, that is what was, that is a, it's a, you know, uh, very popular manga and anime in Japan, but it's actually was adapted to ultimate muscle here in the United States. So if you guys ever saw that show, that was a lot of fun. Hmm, I never saw that either. It's basically like wrestling, but aliens that also do wrestling and they all have like finishing moves and it's, it's very, very heavily like inspired by, you know, Ultraman and things like that. And it's, it is a lot of fun. I mean, one of the characters like farts as like his finishing move. So (laughs) we have the same finishing move then. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> it is i mean if you look up some of the characters from from ultimate muscle um it, they are ridiculous like one guy is just a butt like he is he is a butt with arms and legs and he wrestles and he does uh, you know he's he's a wrestler well that um, sounds like that sounds right up uh, alex's alley there mm-hmm. yeah i know as long yeah. as they can shoot a rocket at it <laughs> Oh, uh, it is it is really crazy. So if you guys have never watched that show, uh, it was on Fox Kids, I think, for a little while. Or, or no, it might have been WB. But anyway, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and then we have Kaiju Kim who answered with Ultraman Netflix. So we yes. finally got the right answer. <laughs> thank you, Kaiju Kim. And thank you to everybody who answered because we enjoyed the funny answers. Yeah. So our um our topic for this week is the Ultraman anime from Netflix from 2019. Just to give you uh, the cast and crew list, we've got uh, Ryoe Kimura and Josh Hutcherson, who did the American uh, dub, as Shinjiro. Then you have Takia Eguchi and Liam O'Brien as Moriboshi. Then Megumi Han and Gunnar Sizemore as Seiji or Ultraman Ace, and then Sumire Murahoshi and Tara or Tara Jane Sands as Rena or Reina, the the um, female character, the main female character in this show. And the plot breakdown for the series is following from the original 1966 Ultraman series. After Ultraman completed his mission. He returned to his homeland. The high schooler Shinjiro Hayata notices that he has special powers. He soon finds out that his father was once Ultraman. Shinjiro, who has inherited those genes, is one of the few who can wear the Ultra Suit, which he uses to help the SSSP, SSP, yeah, SSSP uh, protect the Earth from dangerous aliens. So, starting with Alex, because you are our guest, what are your opening thoughts? for this series 
Uh, for this series, I actually really like this series. This is the second time I've seen it. The first time I saw it, this was actually the first Ultraman anything I had watched all the way through. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I had a completely different perspective back then on it, and I still really liked it. Uh, and I'm actually pretty familiar with this animation studio in terms of uh, their other Netflix output that they've done. I mean, they, I believe they did the Godzilla series. They did uh, Denny Human, I think is what it was called. But, or no, uh, I'm blanking on it. But they did some really good series like Nice of Sidonia that are really great. And I, a lot of people have the problem with the animation, and I don't. I think it's I think it's pretty fun. I think this series is dark and grim, which could be off-putting for fans of Ultraman because they're used to pretty cheery stuff with only dark grim things cropping up during two episode arcs. Like if there's like a mm-hmm. uh, one of those cliffhanger episodes, but I really like it. I don't. I don't. I could see why people would be off-put, but I was. It, for someone who isn't too familiar with Ultraman, I've seen like five series now. I'm glad for something different. That's, okay. Yeah. 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 I can get I That's amazing that this was your first anything Ultraman. Cause I purposely held off watching this series until I became more familiar with Ultraman. Uh, because I had a feeling that I would appreciate it more if I knew more of the kind of like the origins of, you know, where this show got its inspiration from. So and you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do, you do, you do enjoy it more. I can, I can imagine you can definitely enjoy it more, uh, knowing. But that is interesting that you know. I, I wonder what it would have been like if I had watched it without having any of that knowledge and just watching the show. Could would it? Is it? Is it a good show? Well, let me let, let's get Michael. I, I want to ask that question after Michael gives us his opening thoughts. <clears throat> I have a question I want to ask. I'm with Alex, honestly. I tried to watch this before, like, being familiar with 1966 Ultraman. Like, this is before I know all the lore and all of that stuff. I tried to give it a shot. I was bored to tears, honestly. Um, I'm not the the biggest i'm not a big anime fan i've really never been a big anime fan but i wanted to give this a shot after watching um after watching the godzilla anime and i don't care for it but i think it's only because i know so much about the lore for godzilla um that that it was really hard for me to get invested in the anime trilogy there because it was so different now Fast forward to Ultraman. I wasn't familiar with Ultraman, so I wanted to give it a shot going in with fresh eyes. Now, like I said, I was bored. It was it, there were some high spots for me when I tried to watch it the first time. Uh, some of the battles were really fun. Uh, the animation, I didn't have a problem with the animation. It was a little bit too CGI computery, I guess. I don't know how that's probably well, a terrible way to describe that. it. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. But going back to revisit it after watching 1966, so now I'm familiar with the lore, like uh, I'm familiar with the lore and all the things that surrounding Ultraman, I can appreciate this series more now. And it is a lot of fun, and I'm sure we'll get into some more details there, but I I find the Netflix series a lot of fun and I actually just really enjoyed it. Um, now I do want to, I just real quick, um, Alex mentioned the, this, you mentioned the Godzilla anime. This is not the same production company that, that did the, that was, um, Polygon. This is IG, I think, uh, I think, 
did, production IG. I think Polygon did the other two series I was mentioning also, now that I'm thinking about it, because they have an art style that's, mm-hmm. that uh, it makes a lot of these secondary characters hard to tell apart from each other. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, this um, this company did the Ghost in the Shell, a lot of the Ghost in the Shell oh, yeah, um, that's good. series. Yeah, that's good. And they also are known for doing um, the Eden of the East. If you know Eden of the East, yes, they, I do. they've done that. Oh, that's um, actual animation too. Yeah. Well, that's what they, they did some of the early, um, the early ghost, ghost in the shell stuff, the actual um, like oh. um, laughing man. Uh, yes, or, yeah. That's a good yeah, art. Laughing man. Yeah. So they, they did a lot of that stuff too. So they, they've done actual hand-drawn animation and, uh, the digital animation they've moved oh. into the digital stuff and they're still doing the, the ghost in the shell stuff now. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Art style wise. It is a departure from the other three. So that makes sense. But we have seen this kind of almost jittery when they're walking around 3d animation. That's a little yeah. off putting, but yeah, there it's... are moments in particular. And I will probably talk about that here in a minute that it really excels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I I do want to ask you guys: Do you think that this show? Do you think this show is good for people who are not Ultraman fans who are wanting to get into Ultraman? Like, if you if you're trying to introduce someone to Ultraman, now we we've talked about how this show might be a decent one, you know, if you've never seen it just on its own. But if you want to introduce someone to Ultraman, are you like, hey, watch this? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say mm-hmm. yes because it's because it it's extremely helpful and it's it makes your experience a lot better if you understand and know some of the lore behind the original Ultraman, but you it's not a necessity, I don't think. Because the way this series is framed, I I like um I'm not sure if this answers your question Travis, but I I in my thoughts on this series is <clears throat> I like how they took some of like the the mythology of Ultraman but upgrade but made it more but made it more grounded made it more grounded in technology other than fantasy if that makes sense yes um and go ahead I was just gonna say I was sorry I was just gonna say that I don't necessarily think that you have to be familiar with the lore and familiar with Ultraman to enjoy it because there is a lot here to enjoy it now my first don't let my first initial reaction to the series when i watched it before uh before watching the actual ultraman series the first one steer you away because like i said i'm not the biggest anime fan so i'm going in there viewing this with a little bit of a uh, a well i guess i guess my question is my question isn't necessarily is this good on its own without having the the pre-knowledge we kind of answered that already because we talked about how alex you know you watched it michael you watched it without having that pre-knowledge of of ultraman my question is is this a good jumping off point for ultraman is this like a good introduction to what ultraman is that's that's what i'm asking uh, I think those are two different things. Cause I think this is a good for me. I'll just tell my opinion and I'll let you guys go for me. This is a good series on its own, but this is not a good introduction to what Ultraman is because like Alex said, when you watch Ultraman, 
it is nothing like what this series is. The, right. the, the Ultraman series are absolutely completely different in tone and in style than what this uh, series is. So I don't, I think if you're trying to introduce someone to Ultraman, this is not the route to go, but do I think it's worth watching? Yeah. I still think it's worth watching. Yeah. But there's enough in the first couple of episodes though, because there's enough intrigue in those first couple of episodes with a little bit of the lore stuff mixed in to get you interested in watching the original Ultraman because it goes into, uh, uh, you know, Shin Hayata and him not being able to remember his journey as Ultraman and his struggle there. And then, you know, having to pass the torch to his, uh, to his son. Um, so there's enough intrigue in those first few episodes to get someone interested enough to go back and watch the original series. I think, I think you could get someone to go back and watch any of the series with this, but the problem is, is would they like it? Because you see these fight scenes in this, and they are like beautifully choreographed. They're awesome. The music is pounding. And some of the music is good in Ultraman, but I would say, especially the older series, there is zero, almost zero choreography. <laughs> and right. The <laughs> battles are kind of dull comparatively. Okay. And that's yeah. fair. I, I think, see, that's the thing. I think that... If that's that's the problem I have with the series, and, I, and we'll get into specific likes and dislikes, but my main problem with the series is if you are someone who really enjoyed the series and you've never watched any Ultraman, then you're going to be hugely disappointed with what comes with Ultraman because it's nothing like this. And if you're someone who didn't like this series, who was put off by it, then you're never going to give the, you know, you're going to miss out on all the things that Ultraman is because Ultraman is completely different, but you're not going to give it a shot. So I just feel like this is so, it's almost like it's so different to its own detriment to me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's just me. That's just my opinion. No, it's, it's a fair, it's a, it's a really fair way to look at it. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of valid points to that. I'm just trying to look at it to where <clears throat> I'm just trying to look at it from the perspective of someone who's already probably already invested in this genre anyway, uh, who probably knows what tokusatsu is. If they know what anime is, they probably know what tokusatsu is. So they would probably want to go back and see the origin story of how, you know, Hayata was how Hayata first became Ultraman. I I don't think that this series is going to stop somebody from going back to view that original series from 66. Yeah, and there there are different, I mean, you go back to that 66 series and there's so much charm and other things to kind of drag you along. It might, yeah. this this could be the boot to get you in the door. Now, is someone that's like, I don't know, 14, 15, going to go watch this, really like it, and then go mm-hmm. watch 66 and be like, oh, I'm into this. Pro well okay so that's a that yeah yeah that yeah probably not because fourteen year old me would not go watch nineteen sixty six Ultraman no yeah although fourteen year old me would go watch Godzilla so I mean what's but it's true you no it's a good point I don't know I really don't know no I I just I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I feel like this being available on Netflix. Uh, means that it's reaching a wider audience than than just your 
people who are familiar with Ultraman or at least familiar with Tokusatsu, this is reaching and, and being anime, it's reaching you know fans who are not necessarily into Tokusatsu. So I wanted to ask that question and, and mm. see what you guys thought. Yeah. Um, in this on this podcast, we like to do uh, positive or positivity sandwiches where we do. Uh, a lot of our likes and our, a lot of our positives, then we do the negatives, then we finish on our positives. So what are some what are some positive things? What are some things that you guys liked about the series? Let's start with Alex. Uh, I like that, you know, this is like a pseudo sequel to the original series, but I like that when we are thrown into this world, it feels like one that's like existed before mm-hmm. and it's going to exist after the series is over. I really like that. Like, I like that there's all these mysteries and things that we're just like witnessing a very small part of. Like, characters like Jack or even uh, Dan, we don't know anything about them, and I like the 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 mystery behind them because I know we're gonna learn more about them, and it's definitely a thread that's gonna pull me along in the series. Like, it just mm-hmm. it's just all these mysteries, like. There's some some of the mysteries are I'll say for some of my dislikes, but I also really like how the Ultraman are done. They are awesome looking. They look so cool. Do they get big? No, <laughs> but they look really rad. And I like the, how the monsters look too. Like they're like these really different interpretations, but also you can look at them and know exactly what monster they are in the normal series, which is a pretty impressive from like a design standpoint. Yeah, getting uh, talking about the just real quick talking about the suits. Um, I know it's a it's like a hotly debated thing in the ultra fandom, but I even if you don't like the the more Iron Manny style suits, I do like that they kind of had their cake and ate it too. In the sense of no, the regular Ultraman still exists, and and the regular Ultras are still still look the way that they look in your mind and, and how you remember them and in the regular shows, this mm-hmm. is just what humans have done to try to get the power that Ultraman had. Right. And so this is kind of like human adaptation of what the ultras do naturally. And so that's, that's, I like that. I like the in, in world explanation for why the suits and the redesigns of the characters look like that. Uh, Michael, what, what are some mm-hmm. positives that you have? I, um, I mentioned it before. I like how grounded this, this series seemed like it, it's more grounded in, um, it takes some, it, I, what I liked about it mostly was it takes some of the lore that we grew to really like about 1966 and grounded it more in technology. Like his, um, uh, the color, like for instance, the color timer. Like the color timer in 1966 was always a thing. Like that Mm -hmm. was just, that was just Ultraman's Achilles heel, the color timer in the Netflix series. It only comes to, uh, it only comes about when, when they need to give the suit more power. And so to do so, they have to give him a warning say, okay, so we're going to go, we're going to unlock your, we're going to unlock the power of your suit but you can only have that power for three minutes. And I thought that was a really clever way to introduce that aspect of the lore in a, in a, in an updated way for this series. Um, 
And to yeah. what Alex said, I like how they reimagined some of the the old characters. Like Dadak became a Dodd. And I really liked, I really liked a Dodd. I thought he was a very, I thought he was a charismatic. I like a good villain, honestly. Yes. Uh, I love a good villain. And I think a Dodd, uh, you know, kudos, I cannot think of the, of the gentleman that, that voiced him, but kudos to uh, him. Uh, Steve, Steve, Steve Bloom. Bloom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Steve Bloom. If you're, if you're talking about the, um, the American dub, the English dub, yes. Yes. Uh, it's Steve Bloom. Oh man. Steve Bloom is an animation like, royalty when it yeah, comes yeah. to voice acting he is i, I i'm uh, along with being like kaiju nerd i am a huge voice acting nerd mm-hmm. i love voice actors and and right um, i talked to him about for about four or five minutes a few years back he was, he was really back. yes he was he was at a he was at a con that i went to and nobody was around so i, I just sat and talked to him for a little while uh oh wow I, I got him to sign something for me and i left <laughs> see i if I ever met someone like Brad Pitt, Chris Hemsworth, we were talking about, um, I wouldn't freak out. Like to me, star, like, you know, celebrities aren't really a thing to me, but, um, I do get really starstruck around voice actors. And so if I got to meet Steve Bloom, I'd be like, ah, I'm so nice. to It's so nice to meet you. <laughs> he is so great. I mean, he's spike. He's spike. Uh, like you see, I mean, he's done a million other things since like, that was his, like one of his first uh, voice acting roles was spike on um, cowboy bebop. Yeah. But like, that's still like the thing, like you hear that voice and you're like, that's spike. <laughs> um, and, he's also been star scream. He's been, Oh yeah. He is star scream. Isn't he? Yeah. He was star scream in um, transformers prime. Yeah, my my only other claim to fame is that I almost walked into Stan Lee once, like actually physically bumped into him. Oh and, wow! <laughs> you would have killed that man. <laughs> no, I would have. And, and Cece was the one that pointed it out to me that I walked right by him. Um, oh and I, man! And then I I got him to sign something later that day. But oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah my my two big voice acting like. Well, three really is. Um, I, I I love Steve Bloom. I would love to meet him and talk to him. I would love to meet um, um, Rob Paulson, who, you know, Yakko from uh, um, the Animaniacs, done a lot of things, Was, was did a lot of Transformers, did a lot of other stuff. Um, and probably Gray Delisle, who has done a million things. Mm-hmm. Um, she's you know been the voice of of Daphne. She's been the voice of uh, Vicky from from Fairly Odd Parents. She was the voice of Azula in Avatar: The Last Airbender. She's just like she she's a, she's in a million things. And those are my three. Like if I got to meet them, I would just be so giddy. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 go ahead, Michael. Sorry, I was just gonna say to finish my thought there. I enjoyed just the reimagining of some of these characters. Like I, I, you know, like we talked about a Dodd and we talked about and or uh, what's um, a Pigmon. They're reimagining the reimagining of Pigmon was really mm-hmm. fun and depressing at the same time, which it was very sort of, depressing, which lends to sort of the darker aspects yeah. of this series. Um, well, then, I mean, his, his ending's kind of dark too. in the original very, series, very yeah very i mean pigmon pigmon is known like that that is like pigmon is the kenny 
um, from <laughs> South Park of the Ultra Universe because he die every time he shows up, he dies. So a pigmon is just known. He is going to die. Um, so, but I just, I still think that the way he died was a little too much, a little too far and just too gruesome, but whatever. Yeah. Um, it was, so but of the, go ahead. It is, it, it is what it is. Uh, just to finish my thought there, there's a lot of great, a lot of great characters, especially some of the villains, you know, you got alien Adak. I think it's Adakic. I thought it was Bolton, but it's not, it's, it's alien Adakic or dad. I think, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and then you've got Ace Killer and of course Bimular, who I thought was Belial, but come to find out it was actually Bimular. Bimular. Yeah. Yes. Very yeah, cool. Because, yeah, because well, in this version, uh Bimular is not the Godzilla-like monster. He's a, a cyber-suited Ultraman type, you know, monster. Or why well, not monster? Unless he's lying. He could be lying about his name. So I'll be interested to see yeah. if that's uh, something we learn later. Yeah. Um, I go ahead, Michael. I know we interrupted you. No, he's fine. I was just going to ask you both and whoever wants to answer first. Do you think in season two, we're going to, we're going to get the big reveal that Bimular was actually the first Ultraman or the first ultra. I, I think so. Um, and oh. I mean, a spoiler, for the show, even though it is speculation, but I have a feeling, I think I haven't read it, but I think they've already done that reveal in the manga. Cause the manga is still going like, it's, Oh, is it's it? Going. I thought it was oh. done. Oh, Mm-mm. no. As far as I know, they're still going. Cause uh, one just came out like, uh, six months ago oh, cool. or something like that. And so, yeah, it's still going. And, I think they've already revealed that in the manga, but I may be wrong. But as far as like, will they reveal it next season? I don't think they will reveal it so quickly. Um, Cause I think they're playing the long game with, with this. I think they're planning like four or five seasons mm. of, of the show. So um, who knows? Who knows? But I definitely think that you're right on the money with that, that he could be the original Ultraman. Very yeah. interesting. So they're playing, they're sort of playing it both ways. They've got Bimular who, who called himself the first enemy. So if he's, if he's both the first enemy and the first ultra, wouldn't he, wouldn't that sort of make him Belial? I, I think you're right. I think it is interesting. They've kind of merged Bimular's idea, the idea of Bimular with, which, which also goes back to a little, it's a little bit of trivia for Ultraman, but uh, the original Ultraman, Ultraman was going to be called Bimular at one time. They were going to call because he was not meant hmm. to be this humanoid superhero. He was actually going to be a monster. Oh, interesting. Uh, with a bird beak. And that bird monster was supposed to be called Bimular. And then they changed it to uh, Red Man and they made it more humanoid. And then they changed it to Ultraman after that. Huh. So, so it is kind of a, a little bit. Um, there is one other character we haven't mentioned that I just want to give a shout out to, and that's um, Edo, the the one eyed alien. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> his the voice acting in that was spectacular. <laughs> oh my goodness, I loved. It. I did too. I loved every time he was on screen. I was just like, yes. It is a little jarring to me seeing uh, Ide. Uh, the you know the human character yes. Ide being so serious and like take charge and like uh, competent, seeing as Ide in the sixty six series was the was the 
uh, comedic yeah. aspect of the team. He was the comedy relief. He was, but he was there even during that series, which was interesting. And I, I like how some of the things, certain themes are playing into this. Like Ide, he was having a rough go of it in the series. There's several episodes where you see that he becomes disillusioned. And right, yeah. in the last few episodes, it feels like he's like becoming more and more of like a straight man and less mm-hmm. of the co- comedic relief. And also, I like that that theme of technology and having to build an arsenal so that they can be prepared when Ultraman leaves. Right. And because they can fight, they defeat Zeton by themselves. They don't really actually need Ultraman to defeat them at the end. And I like that that technology has taken the effect of creating their own Ultraman. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it it is really cool how they have kind of built off of the foundation that the original series was. I just I'm so I mean, used to I'm like Ide, you're supposed to be yeah. funny. You're Don't be so be serious. <laughs> you're supposed to be like have this gigantic smile all the time. <laughs> right. Don't be so serious. Um go yeah. ahead, Michael. I was just gonna ask well, I wanna ask Alex first. Um did I re- maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into this, but as I typically do sometimes. Um is it to, is it implied or does it feel like it's implied to you that they always knew that Shin Hayata was Ultraman? Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. So he, he actually says that they all knew. And essentially he, okay, he's so just kind of saying okay. he's saying that they just kind of played along with it and that but that, that they all knew he was actually Ultraman. Interesting. Okay. So I must, I don't know how I missed that though. Cause that's like, I, I kept getting the feeling that they all knew he was Ultraman. They just never wanted to acknowledge it. Yes. That's, that's exactly. I mean, at one point he outright says that they all knew that he yeah. was Ultraman. So I, they all kind of played dumb and played along with it. Yeah. Um, let's get into some negatives, uh, and, and just cover a few negatives and then we'll finish on a few more positives before moving on. Um, so what are some things that you guys didn't like or were really standout negatives from the series? Mm. Michael, you want to go first? You want me? Uh, all right, fine. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I have a lot if you guys don't. Okay. Look, I, I, I will say this. The tone of this, while I do appreciate that they were going for a darker tone than the original series and and pretty much everything that is Ultraman, um, they could not find a good balance because there were times where it gets so sinking dark, but then they'll do some kind of like funny bit and you're not supposed, you're not, you don't know if you're supposed to laugh or not because you're like, (laughs) um, an example of that is uh, that jumps to my mind or, and I wrote down when I was taking my notes is um, in the scene where, where Raina is there at the um, museum and Shin uh, Shinjiro is talking to her. And then he gets this like six sense type thing that, that Dan is, um, is watching him. And then you get this like mental, and I don't know if Dan is communicating to him telepathically or if it's just inside of Dan's head that he's, saying this mm-hmm. but you get you know dan just like threatening him in his mind and like if you reveal anything about this i'll kill you and it plays like you're supposed to laugh like ha 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 isn't that ridiculous but dan's already proven in this show that he will straight up murder a fool so <laughs> it doesn't come off as funny 
but it's not really played like it's supposed to be a serious threat. It's meant it like plays as if it's supposed to be a joke or supposed to be funny and not taken seriously. But it's like, so it's just this weird moment of, I don't know how I'm supposed to react to this scene and the balance just isn't there. Yeah. No, okay. I understand that. I mean, I, I couldn't tell if he's like actually communicating with him or not, but I actually kind of did find the humor in it uh, a little funny because there's a little humor in like, uh, I think Dan would actually kill him. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, he's proven it. He's proven it. So but, it's not yeah. funny to me. Cause it's just like, this is just a straight up threatening a 16 year old kid. Well, see, I like, think that's is... hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> there goes, there goes Alex and his dark sense of humor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but rockets think... and murdering children. That, that is, that is Alex's he's sense ultra of humor. Man. He is ultra man. Let's let's. That's true. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's sixteen. He's not really a kid, but still. If everyone else in the show can try to murder him, why not Dan? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I don't. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind him trying. Dan trying to murder him. I just think that it's like, well, the threat isn't really funny because we know it's serious. <laughs> like, it's not a joke. <laughs> this is real. Anyway, I'm sorry, Michael. I'm keeping interrupting. No, you. no, you're you're fine. Um. But to but I'll I'll sort of offer a rebuttal to you, Travis. What what you don't like about the series being so tonally dark? I actually really enjoyed that because mm. it, it was a good contrast to the campiness we got in 1966. Um, now, what I don't like basically is just it comes down to just a couple of characters. Honestly, there's not a whole lot I dislike about this series because again, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but ultra, uh, what, who is supposed to be Ultraman Jack? He's a douchebag. He's yes. just, he's just a douchebag. I don't like him. Uh, and then Moroboshi who's supposed to be ultra seven. I don't care for his character either. Like yeah. I get that. He's supposed to like, he's supposed to be, um, sort of this pseudo mentor and he's supposed to watch out for um, uh, Shinjiro and all that. But I just don't like him as a character. Now his, his suit is cool. Like he, he can fight like his action sequences are well choreographed, but just him in general, as a character, he comes off dry and really honestly, he just comes off as a dick and I don't like him. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think you're supposed to not like him. I mean, that's kind of the point of his character is he is such a you know jerk towards Shinjiro. And I think you're supposed to see his growth and his change. But yeah, I really, really, really hate his smug guts. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. Um, now, I don't mind the darker tone of this series. I will say this. It's not so much the dark tone to me that bothers me. It's just, it, it, to me, I just, I think that there, there wasn't, it didn't strike a good balance between the dark tone that it was trying to do and then the little bits of humor and light that they threw in there just felt jarring. It was like, go one or the other. If you're going to go to this extreme, stay in the extreme. Don't, don't try to, because there's just no balance. Hmm. Um. So anything else that you guys that's negatives before we kind of I've finish got, on some positives? I got a few. I, I really kind of feel like I'm nitpicking it a little bit with mine because actually I was a fan of the tone and I actually really enjoyed the violence. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, 
I think it's because I've seen so I've seen quite a bit of Ultraman now, and I'm like, I I love that, but this is like uh this is like okay, I love Peach Knee High, but I feel like I've been having Peach Knee High nonstop for the last seven months, and then finally I got a new drink, and it ta- yeah. and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know this existed. I'm, I'm glad to find out that Peach Knee High is actually a drink because I had no idea what that was. Oh, <laughs> sure. It's it's incredible. Give it a shot. You'll never go back. It um, is really good, actually. Yes. <laughs> but I really just enjoyed having a change of pace because I still got the Ultraman that I love. So if I can have a varied Ultraman tones, like I've, I've mentioned before, if I could just have an Ultraman comedy where the whole season is just a comedy, I'm all about it. Give that to me, please. But the thing is that I am missing out on is like you all said dan and jack but actually i don't know if i would say i like dan and jack but the mystery behind them i'm really intrigued by i just wish we had gotten a little taste of that maybe sooner uh so we could be maybe a little more invested in like why dan hates everybody because you know there's probably a really good story behind that and we know there's a really good story probably behind jack because there's a lot of mystery behind him that whatever he's wearing on his arm and I'm also frustrated by why the explanation of no one getting big is not presented in the first season. I've been told that we find out later on in the manga or something like that, but why? It, it's a problem because if one of these aliens turned big, no one could stop them. <laughs> I just always assume, though, that that w- it was because that this series tries to be a little bit more grounded in technology. Well, but, than in- but the thing is, it shows. I wouldn't have a problem with it, except for it shows in a flashback giant Ultraman fighting Zeton. Right. And so I'm like, okay, so that does exist. Like, the gigantic status does exist in here. And so the fact that no one is doing that when every single monster we encountered in the original series had to do it, I'm wondering why we haven't seen that. And I've heard that there's an explanation. Uh, I think I talked to someone, uh, Kyo Itoshi online, I think mentioned like there is an explanation for why that's not happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then also the closest thing we got was what uh, black King, the, I think it was episode. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That was the closest we got. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, didn't realize uh, that was black King. Um, now that you pointed it out, I'm like, Oh yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't recognize um, black King or the one that was earlier, which was a kind of was red King or, or a version of red King oh. uh, that I didn't. Cause you know, he fights that kind of monster yes. twice. Um, and uh, that, yeah, that threw me. Um, I, I really want to read the manga, so I'm not sure about too. the, the, but I, I really am interested to find out if there is an explanation, like you said, um, or Kyoe uh, can reach out to us. Um, uh, we we need a an expert in Japanese culture and history and uh, pop culture, and I think you guys are so fortunate to have her as always <laughs> reaching out to you guys. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's a big help. She 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 is just a complete delight to to talk with and learn from because that's all it is because all we're doing is learning from her <laughs> yeah she, she knows a lot every time you guys mention on the podcast that the, i was like yeah kyoe told us about this and i'm like man why don't we have a japanese pop culture ex- expert michael <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll get on that <laughs> I, I did have one more point and it's the cops story arc where they're tracking down pigmon I would I, I kind of hope their story keeps going because 
it's it's almost if it stops, it's a waste of time, mm-hmm. pretty much. Except for just seeing how brutally Pigmon is murdering everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> other than that, their their story feels like it's useless with the in combination with I forgot the, her name, but the idol, her story. Oh, oh Raina. I want to see where it goes. I like that she has a bit of an arc, but I feel like those cops, I feel like they were like on the verge of discovering the SSSP and then like just joining the force pretty much. And then we're just kind of left in the wind with them. So I kind of hope they get back in somewhere. Mm. Yeah. Um, to finish on a few positives. Now, one thing I do want to say, I, uh, we mentioned it earlier, the animation, um, the animation, I do agree when they're normally just like walking or chatting with each other, it's so weird, but the fight scenes are so beautifully animated. Yes. And the reason for that is because they actually had real life people fighting, you know, like and stunt actors fighting and wearing the, the mo-cap. motion capture suits. So, so they actually mo-capped the fight scene. So the fight scenes mm. seem very fluid and work very well, especially during the ACE killer fight. Oh, that yeah. was just, mm. Oh man. So good. So good. Mm-hmm. Actually, I thought the first battle between Bimular oh, and, and awesome. Shinayata was really good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, when Bimular just runs, runs his hand straight through Shinayata's chest. I didn't expect mm-hmm. that. I w- I wasn't expecting that coming. And uh, I, I let out an audible. Oh, whenever <laughs> yeah, that's, that that's when you get the sense of like, Oh, this isn't your grandpa's Ultraman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. but I think that's one of my probably my what one of my main dislikes is you're right, Travis. Like when it's when it's just like the two humans or or whatever they're just having a casual conversation there. The animation is a little stiff, is the best way I know how to put it. Mm-hmm. But the fight scenes are just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to ask you guys just as a final question before we move on to our um our final thoughts. Uh, on the and our and our ratings, um, what was your favorite episode of the thirteen episodes we get in our first season? Uh, mine would be probably the second episode where it's just all the fight scene in the stadium. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. so awesome, and it's got all these really big moments of um of our like our our main protagonist becoming Ultraman for the first time. You realize that. Bimyor looks like he's probably just a robot, or at least his arms are. In mm-hmm. uh, you just you have Hayata really. He takes that like you mentioned earlier that blow where you're like, oh, I think this guy is probably dead. But then he keeps fighting despite mm-hmm. definitely about to lose. And there's just so many huge moments and explosions and all these new abilities and stuff. It's just a really exciting thing. And we also see that Ide. This is kind of part of his plan the whole time. And so this is where we get a glimpse of that new E-Day who is, mm-hmm. he's not above kind of manipulating things in a way that he needs it to go. Um, what was your favorite episode, Michael? Um, yeah, episode two is amazing. Honestly, it was, it was really, man, that was really a well choreographed episode, I think. Um, but I don't know the red, the red killer stuff was good. To, at the end, but I'm going to have to probably go with, what is it? Episode, um, is it episode four? I don't have, I don't know the episode numbers, but it's, it's where the alien Adakic shows up. It's the Bolton looking. Oh yeah. The Bolton alien. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's him. 
um, and he's sucking, he's literally sucking the life out of, out yes. of people. And I think that's sort of a, a two parter. I'm pretty sure. Well, it's not really a two parter yeah. because. <laughs> It ends on a cliffhanger. I mean, he's getting ready to yeah. fight him, I think, and then it yeah. ends or something like that. I yeah, think. something like that. But that whole following episode where they're actually engaging in battle was, I felt real tension there. And I really enjoyed his character because I like I liked that loose cannon, really just uh, destructive, crazy villain type. I think that's a lot of, I think that that's, that's a a lot of fun to, to watch. Uh, and I like that episode because, uh, that's the episode where, um, the suit gets its limiter released. And so oh, we, yeah. get so, we get sort of that, uh, that lore tie in with the color timer and mm-hmm. you, you get that. Oh, okay. You get that sort of that little jump in your, in your spirit a little bit You're like, Oh yeah, they're doing the color timer thing here. And then, um, yeah, just, I, I love the way that the whole, episode was choreographed. I loved the story there. I loved all the tension and the antagonist. in that one was, was just a lot of fun. So I, I'll I, probably have to go with that one. I love the sound effect when the color timer activates. It, it's just the color timer sound, but it speeds up until it activates. It's uh-huh. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, for me, my favorite episode, I think has to be the, I, I think it's the 13th episode, the last episode of the season with Ace Killer, um, mm. because you, you get all three of the Ultramen from this season. Mm-hmm. You get, you know, you get, um, seven, you get Shinjiro and you get Ace. Ace Killer is such a, an amazing villain. You know, he's just like what Michael was talking about with the other one, with the Bimular looking, or not Bimular, but um, Baltan looking one. Um, Ace just has this charisma to him and this like attitude that it's like, I, I, I obviously don't want you to win because you're obviously a very bad guy, but it's like, I, I kind of like you. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, I kind of like, you know, what you, what, you know, I like your swagger, um, but uh, <laughs> it reminded me. It reminded me somewhat of um, Ult- Ultron from the Marvel movie. Yeah, Age, Age yeah, of I Ultron. Age of Ultron. Yeah, it, yeah. It reminded me a little bit of that because I really liked that character. Um, yeah, he does kind of have a little bit of that kind of charisma and stuff that yeah. that Ultron had. Yeah. Um, I also, the fight scenes, we talked about the fight scenes, but the fight scenes in that last episode, especially where we were just all out. Um, I think, uh, um, what's his name? The, uh, ace Ultraman ace, uh, Seiji that his character, his character growth really just peaks there in that episode. Uh Um, because that's when you really just get him at his best, so yeah, I, 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 that's just my favorite episode altogether. Yeah. Um, is yeah. there anything else that you guys want to talk about before we move on to our, our rating and review or rating and review our, our scores and our final thoughts is what I was trying to say. I just wanted to mention how awesome the music is in this show. Oh yeah. Yeah. The music, <laughs> the music is really good. Yeah. It, it's, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty stellar. Uh, I, I wish we had the soundtrack on Spotify here in the States, but yeah. they only and got it over in UK and Japan, I think. When you, um, when when he's first like learning how to use the Spacium Ray, mm-hmm. that mm. the, the music that plays during that 
it, it, yeah. it really, it, it, it's a lot of fun. I, I love it. And I just love, uh, I, I just really enjoyed this series in general. And you're right, Alex, the music is phenomenal. So it's a good point. Mm-hmm. I was trying to see, I, when I was watching it, I was trying to do research to see if it was the same people who did the score and the music for um, Transformers Prime, because it did have a lot of the same tones and a lot of the same, like, feel I, I can't i'm not a music person but it did have a lot of the same feel that the transformers prime uh music had so i don't know i, I couldn't find out any information on whether that was the same person or not though mm. yeah i'm not but sure if anybody knows that that music is mm, stellar and prime yeah. is stellar too if anyone hasn't seen it go watch prime yeah, yeah, the especially the music. The music in in Transformers Prime is really good. I, like, I really like the music in that series. So that's what made me think. I was like, it does, it does sound a little bit like it. Um, so getting into our scores and our final thoughts. Now we like to, Alex, you may be familiar with this. We like to score our movies out of five Godzukis instead of five stars because we like to embrace the silly side of monsters when it's appropriate. In this sense, it's not really appropriate, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it should be out of five like murdered teenagers, apparently, because that's a, a thing that's going on in this <laughs> series. Um, but yeah, so we rate it out of five Godzukis. Uh, so out of five Godzukis, uh how many Godzukis do you rate uh this first season of Ultraman uh the anime Alex uh I'm gonna give it a 4.5 out of five like this is really high for me <laughs> like this is this the uh, this is gonna kill people but this is maybe my favorite Ultraman show <laughs> oh wow and, and, uh, it, it's gonna like there's a lot of charm in 66 and even or in the original Ultraman and seven and I would really like some of the more modern ones, but the problem is, is the focus on toys kind of hurts it a little bit for me. And the yeah. focus on the focus on transformations all mm-hmm. the time, I feel like almost nothing is earned. Whereas I feel like Seiji's story in here, I feel like it's completely earned. Like like he's uh, he's he's awakening his abilities, but it's not to like this annoying degree where it's clear that they just wanted to do another design to sell another Ultraman toy. And so, so far, as someone who hasn't watched a lot, like I'm in the middle of Return of Ultraman, which might be my favorite over this, but I'm not done with it yet, so I can't judge it. So right now, this is my favorite Ultraman show, which is kind of ridiculous. Did you finish Orb, by the way? I know you were watching Orb I, at one point. I'm, uh, I just watched episode like 15 or 16 last night, and I'm actually enjoying it a lot more than I thought I was going to at the beginning. Yeah, orb orb is pre- is pretty good. It does. I mean, it suffers from the same thing you were talking about. It's you know the toys and the transformations, but but I do like it a little bit more. I was just curious. All right, um, I'm going to go ahead and go next because I don't want our final thoughts and our and our ratings to end on a negative note. And I have <laughs> I, I'm more on the negative side, so I'm going to go next. Um, I'm going to give it. I, I have I have written down two point five out of five. I was yeah, I was okay. kind of. I, I w- that's being a little too harsh because I, I do enjoy this show for what it is. Um, so I'm going to go with three. It's a three. I have three Godzukis out of five. There is a lot to like in the series and it's a great addition to the Ultraverse because of its unique style and its story and its tone. But uh, the 
I just, I, I there's a lot of problems I have with this this first season, especially you know because I haven't seen the second season. Um, most of the characters were underwritten to me, um, except for Shin, Shinjiro. I think Shinjiro was fine, but I just think the rest of the characters were a little underwritten. Uh, the tone, well, I think it's unique, is not well balanced. I talked about that. Um, and outside of the really awesome fight scenes that just were the, the highlight of the show to me, the animation was very stiff and lifeless. So I just, sure. I, I don't know. I, I the, the series does a good job of building up an intriguing mystery uh, is what I have written down in my final thoughts, but fails to make me care whether the characters ever solve the mystery. Cause I just, at a certain point, I just, I, I care about Shinjiro, but that's it. I don't care about any of the other characters and the, everything else that's going on in the show just makes me just not really care about the mystery. So yeah, I, I, yeah. So I'm giving it a three. I'm sticking with three. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's respectable. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a three and a half. Um, just because I, I enjoyed this more than I really expected to as, uh, and I, I wonder, and I'm wondering to myself if, if it's, it has a lot to do with my understanding of the lore is the reason why I, I like it so much. Uh, but like you both said, there is a lot to like here. If you like the darker tone in some of your uh, shows, if you like sort of those darker themes uh, in your, in your animation or in your uh, animated series, whatever in your just series in general, if you're that kind of person, you're really going to like this. Uh, if you like a show that is a little bit more grounded in science and technology, you're and then fantasy, you're really going to like this. I see this series as more of a supplement to Ultraman 66. Um, whereas yeah. you don't, you don't necessarily have to watch the original Ultraman to enjoy it, but it helps if you do. So mainly for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and give it a three out of five. Of course, we've talked about how much, you know, I, I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the story arcs. Yes. The animation is very stiff and like Travis said, lifeless, but that's, I can excuse some of that because that's just sort of what you get with a very CGI heavy animation. I feel like now I could be wrong. Um, cause you know, we do live in a world where Pixar exists, but mm that's a whole other ball game. I feel like, but I do really like this series and I really appreciate it. But again, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know if I would enjoy it without knowing the lore though. That's, yeah. that's where I'm trying to trying to decide for myself if, 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 if it's the lore and the understanding of the original series that's clouding my, that's in, that's making me enjoy it more than maybe I would if I was just watching it, not knowing anything about Ultraman. Because when I did try to watch this before, like I said, I was bored to tears. If I revisit if I revisited it today, still not knowing what the old Ultraman was like, would I still, would I like it? Or would I just still be bored to tears? I don't know. So I'm going to go ahead and sort of play it safe and give it a, a three and a half out of five. It's it's good. It's a good supplement. I enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's tonally what I'm looking for uh, in my programming. Um, but it does have some issues that I just can't really resolve. It's Ultraman for adults. You know, Ultraman is, you know, inherently a kid's show. It's always been a kid's show. Um 
And this one is just, this is like, you know, if you liked Ultraman and now you're an adult, so you like your, you know, media and your, your, um, uh, entertainment to be a little more on the adult side, this is an adult one. So, um, and I, and I, I think as much as I hate the violence, I think Alex made a, a point of, it is kind of a, a, the natural progression of the violence that was in 66 and ultra seven and all of those like Showa era Ultraman because they were pretty violent too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the problems I have with the Showa era is it's, it's pretty violent. Um, so this is just kind of like a natural progression. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's going to be it. So we're going to close the book on Ultraman season one, and we'll be back for season two, which should be coming out fairly soon because we got the announcement a while back that it was coming in fall of uh, 2020. So hmm. within the next few months, we should be getting it. Yay. Hopefully. Um, so, yeah. uh, so let's get into our next segment, which uh, is, uh, it's going to be so much fun. And Michael, do you know what the next segment is? Could it be Kaiju Clash? Kaiju Clash! Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I ran out of air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. Can you guys tell yeah. I'm tired? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, following the... Now, now I, I, I want... I, I don't know if, if Michael actually messaged you and let you know this, uh, Alex. Mm, mm -hmm. But I, I, have, I have something I want to ask you to do. Okay. Oh, Jesus. I want you to introduce us... Like we are wrestlers entering the ring mm. for a match. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. So, <clears throat> starting with Michael first because losers go first. Well, Wait, I, I, I was getting ready to introduce, but then I almost did it like a boxing match. Mm. <laughs> well, bo boxing, <laughs> wrestling, either one, whatever you want to do. Um, well, Travis, you <laughs> forgot to you forgot to mention what this week's kaiju clash is even going to be well i wanted i wanted alex to introduce us and maybe throw in does, you know, does what, alex even know is what i'm asking well i mm. gave him the show notes so unless he, he didn't <laughs> study the show notes like unless he didn't do his homework um, i know no oh, okay okay, okay I'm well i'm well read i'm well read <laughs> all right all right yeah, let's... <laughs> uh, i can i can already feel some massive eye rolls from cc right now yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to wake up my child with this. <laughs> this corner, we have Michael representing the one, the only turd. <laughs> and in this corner, we have Travis representing the majestic, the sexy, Godzuki. <laughs> Like, Woo! Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, so um, it was 
was so loud. I think the audio even cut out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. The the sound buffer, the sound uh, cancellation on here cut out. <laughs> so that's great. I'm leaving it like that because that was even better. <laughs> so I just have to say to Michael. Uh, Can you smell what the Zook is cooking? <laughs> smells like beans to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yes, we've got um, Minya Manila versus Godzuki. And so, like our rule that we established for no reason other than I was lazy, um, the loser of the last Kaiju Clash goes first. And, Michael, do you want to remind everyone... <laughs> Just exactly who it was that lost the last one. I don't even remember what the last kaiju clash was, man. <laughs> I don't even either. <laughs> I know you lost. That's all I know. Oh, it was Clover. Clover versus um G98. Yeah, it was Clover. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Whatever. Clover versus Zilla. I represented Zilla. Uh, Travis represented Clover. I lost. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. Well, then. Present your arguments for Manila. I only have one argument. <laughs> I only have one argument, and this is going to be a squash match right here. Minya delivered the death blow on King Ghidorah. Thank mm, now, you very much. Mm. Now, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Now, wait a minute. Did he really... Or was it just that Ghidorah was going to die anyway because of no, no, all no, no, of the beating that no, he got no, from no, all no, of no. the other no. giant monsters? Clear. If you go back and watch the tape, it is clear. The tale of the tape is clear. Ghidorah was getting ready to pop up. It doesn't matter that he was already being held down by Godzilla, Gorosaurus, uh, uh, Manda, Mothra, <laughs> Baragon, uh, and some others. He still had some fight left in him. That middle head popped up like a champ, man. And then uh, Minya just swoops in like the hero he is, delivers the death uh, smoke ring, knocks him clean out. One, two, mm. three. Ding, mm. ding, ding. Match is over. Yeah, I, I, know, I will. To be fair, as the referee, uh, Minya did commit first degree murder on King Ghidorah. Uh, I say that because you do notice the methodical planning of this monstrosity <laughs> in this movie. This, this is a predator that lies in wait. <laughs> All right. All right. Now that, that's ignoring his haunting visage, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say this though. Okay. So my argument for Godzuki, Godzuki is smaller than Manila. And while that may seem like a detriment, it's actually a positive. It's actually helpful be in a fight because Manila is huge. And yes, he has taken on bigger monsters, sometimes has gotten the upper hand, most of the time got his butt handed to him, uh, his really ugly, ugly butt handed to him. <laughs> um, and uh, But with with uh, uh, Godzuki, he's small, he's maneuverable, he can avoid those smoke rings like mm. nobody's business. 
And we've also seen in the Godzilla Hanna-Barbera series that he is very intelligent, much more intelligent than Manila, because Godzuki not only can speak to a certain degree, but he also understands complex ideas and the weird science mumbo jumbo that all of these human characters are throwing. And he's like, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I understand it. Completely understand everything that's going on. He's also older. So he's more experienced. He knows what he's doing. He's not a newborn. Manila's a newborn in Son of Godzilla. Mm, interesting. Now, you do make a good point regarding the intelligence because uh, our interpretation of intelligence with Manila depends on the movie. Some movies he speaks plain English. That was and, in a kid's imagination. We're not yes. counting all monsters attack. That's not really Manila. Mm. <laughs> Okay, okay. I just didn't know since these are all fictional characters, if fictional characters inside fictional characters count. We're not inceptioning <laughs> this. <laughs> We're not inceptioning Manila. Mm. All right. Manila-ception. So, t- so tiny but smart versus uh, someone who's committed murder. And well, not just like tiny, but Godzuki can fly. So Did uh, Godzuki murder anybody? Um. I think he has in the okay. show. I, th- I I'm pretty sure I have to go back and rewatch it, but I'm pretty I, sure. I, I start watching and get back enough. to us. I think you're incorrect because we sat and watched that entire season one. I don't remember Godzuki murdering anybody. I mean, let's let's okay. If we're gonna talk about that, let's well, talk about <laughs> the let's talk about the vicious main streak that Min Manila has. I mean, vicious main streak. What? He has a what? I'm kind of with Travis on this one. What the what? <laughs> he was brave enough to take on Gabara. Oh, oh, now this is a child's did, did, dream. Did he, yeah, yeah, we're not counting all monsters attack, but I don't That's think he really fair. had a choice. Gabara was kind of like, uh, you know, like he was, he wasn't really like going out looking for that fight. Gabara brought the fight to him and still got his butt handed to him, uh, as far as Manila did. Um, now I will I will say this though. Does wait uh, does, wait hang on hang on does the okay, does, okay. God, does Godzuki have actual atomic breath because Manila does? Okay. He doesn't just God, have, he he doesn't have just smoke rings, my friend. He also has atomic breath that he can utilize without being stepped on by his father. I will mm, add only that once. No, only once. Why? No, he did it. He did it twice. In Son of Godzilla, because I just watched it the other night. That's how I know. Um, no, doesn't he? No, no, you can now, Michael. You can use Final Wars Manila as well. No, no, <laughs> no. That is not the same Manila. That is obviously a completely different Manila. No, mm. we he That's when, Manila when in the Michael future. when Michael chose because he chose Michael was the one who chose these. Uh, he chose the Manila that he picked, and that is the one you are stuck oh, with. You cannot okay. pick. You're not going to pick Baby Godzilla or or Godzilla Junior. You're not going to pick Manila from Final Wars because that is a that is a weird Muppet looking dragon thing that is just he's cute. Yeah. He's cute and he's the best part of that movie. Um, <laughs> no argument here. Yeah, because I don't like. Okay, that. that's fair. I didn't know about this. Uh, now, no, but to answer your question, I do think that Godzuki can shoot fire. I have. I we don't. I don't think it's ever shown in the show, but we know nope. that Godzuki. No, 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 we no, no, know no. that Godzuki no. is the same species as Godzilla, and Godzilla shoots fire, so Godzuki can shoot nope. fire. If it's not in the show, it doesn't count. 
it has to, it has to be shown on screen for it to count. That we're not retconning this thing. We're not doing that. We're we're gonna we're we're basing it solely on what we see on screen, what we can prove with our own eyeballs. All right, all right, all right. I think well, that's fair. If if Michael can't use Dream Manila, you can't use your Dream Manila or your Dream <laughs> Godzuki. Okay. I was okay. getting ready to say if if uh, Matt drew fire on Godzuki uh, with for Godzuki in your in your thing in your drawing he did for you. That's not real Godzuki. That's an imaginary. Actually, actually, Godzuki. it's just smoke rings. <laughs> oh, well, okay. The picture of Godzuki that that Matt Frank drew for me because I'm weird and I asked Matt Frank, the greatest one of the greatest <laughs> kaiju artists, to draw Godzuki. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay. Well, well. Okay. Let let's 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 give our 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 your final final um, points, Michael. And then we'll, we'll then we'll leave it up to the audience to choose our, our listeners to choose. Bring it up, Mike. Minya's more powerful. I mean, it's just and Minya's god tier at this point. I mean, that's just it's just it's straight facts. Minya is god tier. Mm, mm, okay, makes, Travis. I don't, know, I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but there you go. Well, it's up to the audience to decide if it makes <laughs> any sense. Godzuki is. <laughs> Godzuki is smarter. He's more maneuverable. He can fly. Also, he has heart. The Godzuki runs into battles constantly. He is always looking for a fight. He is wanting to fight. And the only reason he doesn't get into more fights is because the humans always pull him back and keep him from getting into the fights. Or Godzilla uh, says, no, don't, don't, you can't do it. So, he has heart and he has bravery. He is like Rocky. He is going to keep going and he is not going to give up. Mm. What good is heart if you're being choked to death by atomic smoke rings though? Yeah, but okay. How many times has Manila run away from the fights and stuff and run to Godzilla to strategic, take out? Strategic positioning in battle, sir. Mm. Strategic, strategic in mind. Battle. Interesting. <laughs> Strategic mind. Another <laughs> strategic about, about Manila. He just gets his butt handed to him every time. Okay. Nope. Okay. We're nope. gonna argue all day long. We're gonna argue all day long. But we need to we need to give it up to the listeners. Hmm. Listeners, if you want to vote and tell us who you think would win in a fight. Godzilla or Godzilla, <laughs> Kazuki or Manila, or as like I called them, what was what did I call them in my message to you, Michael? I called it uh, Dwayne the Zook Johnson, um, and <laughs> and uh, Stone Cold, uh, yeah, Stone Cold Minyastin. <laughs> Godzilla says, "I just whooped your candy ass, don't you know?" <laughs> Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, you can vote on the. (laughs) We don't swear on this podcast, and I don't want to leave that in, but I have to (laughs) because that was too good. I'm so sorry, but I'm not sorry at the same time. Well, I'm sorry, listeners, that you had to hear such filth because because <laughs> Michael cannot make a good point and doesn't feel confident in his fighter that he has to resort to such filth. 
Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, you can vote. Mm. <laughs> I haven't even told people how to vote. On our Twitter, we will have a poll on Twitter that is uh, at Kaiju Weekly on Twitter. You can vote there. You can also go to the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group and vote on there. We will have a poll on there. You can also email us, kaijuweekly at gmail.com to just let us know. You can comment on our uh, our YouTube videos. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can comment down below. We will count all of those votes. We will add them together, and we will see who comes off victorious in this just battle it's, it's a true clash of the Titans. There really is no other battle that can match the just epicness of this fight. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. It's legendary. Yeah, legendary. Uh, and I would love for legendary to do either a Manila or a Godzuki or both in the next Godzilla movie. <laughs> uh, so the only other thing I want to do is uh, to ask the trivia question, which uh, hints to next week's episode. The trivia question is over 210,000 people participated in a public vote to choose the name of what Kaiju in 1967. So that answer will hint to what we are covering next week on our, we're continuing our space monster theme month. Um, We're still and Ultraman counts. So. (laughs) And it's a good one. It's a good one. Next week's going to be fun. Space monster. September is what we're in. Um, So to close out this episode, I want to just say thank you, Alex, for joining in the madness. Of course. (laughs) We loved having you here. And do you want to let everyone know where they can find you and listen to more of your uh, beautiful voice. Yes, yes, uh, I'm on uh, the I'm on Monsters vs. Men uh, with Eric, and we've been going through uh, a bunch of the camera films lately. We just wrapped it. We're we're in the process of wrapping it up. Then we're going to move on to some other Toho films. We're still trying to figure out which ones we're going to do. Uh, and then I'm also on a podcast called The Thirteenth Floor with my wife and our friend. We talk about. Uh, just weird things from cryptids to abandoned cities to anything, anything strange. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at, at Al Cornette. And uh, I think I'm on Letterboxd with the same name. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Thank you so much, Alex, for joining us this week. We yeah, man, needed. Thank you so much. We needed someone to bring in the uh, to. Well, we, I was gonna say help rein in the crazy, but it didn't, you didn't really. Mm, no, <laughs> you I just didn't. added to it. <laughs> <laughs> it was greatly exacerbated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening to all the craziness and sharing this podcast with your friends. We really appreciate that. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly and at Kaiju Groupie Pod. All the links to our social media, so our Instagram, our uh, what else we have, the Facebook group, the uh, us on Letterboxd. All of that is down in the description below as well as the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. Um, if you want to send questions, comments, or answers to trivia questions to our email, uh, you can do that 
kaijuweekly at gmail.com. We also want to say a big thank you to Alex, Shijir, and Thorax for supporting us on Patreon. You can yeah. also support the podcast at patreon.com slash kaijuweeklypod. And Alex, I don't know if you're caught up on our episodes, but there's there's a goal that we have. And I haven't actually put it on the Patreon, but it is oh. a goal that's in my heart. Then how will but, I know? <laughs> because because we've been talking about it for a month now. Um, there is a goal that I have been trying to reach, and we need all of the support we can get on Patreon to reach that goal. Oh, of I know me, what this is. Of me finally getting to see the goo. I must see the goo. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Michael, you have you have something else you want to say. You oh, may boy. not be able to. You may not be able to help Travis see the goo, but you, dear listener, can help out the podcast by doing one simple task, and that is heading on over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five star review. Go ahead and comment and criticize us all you want uh, in your description, but please make it five stars worth. And what that's going to do is that's going to help put this podcast in front of every other. Uh, kaiju and tokusatsu fan just like you it's going to help us grow the show and hopefully um propel us to bigger and greater things for the broadcast so if you do that we'd really appreciate it and if you do that we will also read your feedback on a future episode yeah yep you guys can do that so to close out this episode i'm going to say help control the manila population have your godzukis spayed or neutered Godzuki. See, uh, I I didn't even include that in the argument that Manila does not have his own theme song. Too late. Doesn't the match was Manila. over. It doesn't count. God, Godzuki has his own theme song. Manila doesn't. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.